This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 Yakshamash. Come to you too, or whatever. You know, really, I love your style. I love the way you edit things together. Well, thanks for noticing. It's a real pain. We welcome to the show Christian Leitner. Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage, and my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals, kapusta, bumpy, padoe, all that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything, and um, so <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Polish tradition there. Hey everybody, Yak Shamash, this is Jay Kokorowski coming to you live from Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to another edition of the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Of course, brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys go to Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com for all your Badgers news, notes, discussion. Obviously, the big 10 tournament starts uh, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, Badgers will play on Friday morning, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, against either Illinois or Michigan. And uh, we'll talk more about the Big Ten Tournament in just a little bit, along with, obviously, Frank Kaminsky, Big Ten Player of the Year, Bo Ryan, Big Ten Coach of the Year, uh, by his peers, the coaches, uh, along with Sam Decker, Nigel Hayes, Josh Gosser, all getting accolades as well. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, We also, 840, we have... Ring of Honor's Beer City Bruiser, a friend of Scotty and I. Uh, we have the Polish rival Scott Wisniewski with us. We'll talk some Ring of Honor wrestling. For those that don't know, uh, it's coming to Milwaukee Friday night, 7.30 at Turner Hall. We'll talk with the Beer City Bruiser about his journey to Ring of Honor, uh, what we can expect in his match against Mark Briscoe. But, Scotty, uh, before we get to that, obviously the biggest news, NFL free agency is abounding and, I mean, obviously, Scotty's biggest news is Scotty Tolzien's coming back to Green Bay. Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, no, nobody cares about any of that. But, um, ironically, it's been a very busy first day. Actually, the whole weekend was was busy. Um, let's start with the Packers. Uh, of course, you know, there's, there's the people who hate Ted Thompson on Sports Talk Radio that are ripping him that he hasn't gotten in on, on Revis for – $40 million guaranteed dollars plus, or some of these other ridiculous contracts, um, or not giving up a first-round pick for Jimmy Graham or any of this other crap. But the, so far the two biggest moves was the re-signing of Cobb and Bulaga, which everybody agreed were the keys. You know, we talked about it last week. Those are the top two guys that they needed to retain. Now, they did lose house, but, I mean, so far it hasn't been a terrible day now, some of the teams in, may or may not have gotten better, Seattle with getting Graham, but losing Unger in a first-round pick. So, you know, that could be a wash. You know, Graham won't get 90 catches, but he'll be a red zone threat for sure. Um, and, a, you know, big play, but he won't catch 90 balls because that's not the offense they run. But whatever. Uh, Detroit was able to replace Sue with uh, making a trade for Nada. So, you know, some teams in the NFC have gotten a little bit better, but – you know, it's not over yet. I mean, one of the things that I'm just curious about is everybody's been upset because they haven't, you know, we need an inside linebacker. The Packers need an inside linebacker. Who, who's the guy? Who's the guy that they should break the bank on? Because I don't see him out there. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you see it a different way, but I don't know who that guy is. 
So no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see anybody in it for inside linebacker. Uh, you know, if that's it through free agency right now, not right now at least. You know what I mean? And so I mean, that's the biggest thing. Uh, I don't see that. I you got to look at the draft. And granted, inside linebacker is not a very deep look at the NFL draft. You know, in, in the draft right now, Scotty. I mean, yeah, McKin- you know, Bern- you know, we have McKinney from Mississippi State, uh, Eric uh, Hendricks from UCLA. Uh, but I don't really see. You know, I mean, I mean, those are the guys in, in the draft that Packers could get day one or day two, depending on that. But free agency, I don't see it. No, I mean, there's some guys out there that can add to the depth. There's some guys out there that are going to be good players, and there's some guys out there that might even be an upgrade. You know, probably an upgrade to what AJ Hawk was last year for sure. But there's no, uh, there's no Patrick Willis type player. There's no, there, there isn't that guy. Okay, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Not to mention the fact that if you follow this team, if you're a fan, like you say you are, and you follow this team, you knew what you were going to get with this free agency period anyway. So, again, what's the anger about? I don't I don't get it. I mean, I, I think there'd be far more anger had uh, Cobb left or, or Bulaga left, but I don't, I don't see any reason to be mad right now. No, absolutely not. No, I, I mean, you're resigning Cobb, which... You know, the fact that four years, $40 million deal, it's a solid deal for a guy that contributed, had how many catches last year, vital part of the offense, utilized in multi, uh, yeah, a multi-dimensional fashion out of the backfield at times, in a running back look, uh, and, and complementing, obviously, Jordy Nelson, you have your, your two top wide receivers uh, locked up for a number of years, and then you have uh, you know, Balaga, obviously, uh, if he stays healthy like he did last year, uh, paid dividends and that depth in that line they they tendered Don Barclay earlier today so you have Barclay coming back off of a off of an ACL you have JC Treader as well you have a good stretch of, of of linemen there to protect Aaron Rodgers god forbid something happens to one of the other offensive linemen uh and that sounds good i mean uh you know there are reports out there uh you know Adam Schefter reported that Tremont Williams uh, maybe the one place I am worried about is cornerback. Uh, granted, I don't think they sh- they weren't going to pay Devon House $6.25 million a year uh, for a guy that's, you know, barely played uh, due to injury and hasn't been healthy and a guy that really maybe hasn't necessarily proven himself. But the Jaguars have the ability to spend that much. There's so much underneath the salary cap. But, uh, you know, if they lose Williams, well, you're looking probably at the draft, too, to try to get some depth at cornerback uh, or some or one of them, you know, a free agent setting down the road. And I know there's been reports about Darrell Revis possibly doing it, but he just uh, – they just confirmed by a couple of reports that he's going to the Jets. So he was, we'll and he wasn't – here's the thing. If that price for $40 million, he wasn't coming. And right. $40 million guaranteed, I should say. Again, this is stuff that frustrates me because then if you pay him that and he's not the player that that he's been all these years, then oh, what a dumb move that was! What a, I mean, I don't know, man. Like you weren't going to be able to get in on that. Now you talked about Jacksonville. Jacksonville's in an interesting position, like the Raiders. They've been under the cap two years in a row, so if they don't get closer to the salary cap number, they're going to be fine. They're going to have a lot of things they got to deal with. So they're going to overspend. The problem with the Raiders is they're trying to overspend and nobody wants any part of that organization, apparently. But 
that's going to happen. Teams are going to get in the mix where they're forced to, you know, they, they have to spend money. So, you, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes, but you're not going to be able to outbid a team that's being forced to spend. Right, right. And so uh, you're looking at that. Uh, so you see House gone, uh, you know, A.J. Hawk, who was released last week, signed to the Bengals on a two-year deal. Best of luck to A.J. Hawk. Uh, but you look at, uh, you know, I did mention I made a joke about Tolzien being the biggest signing, but he does come back, one-year deal, $1.35 million. That was reported by Bill Huber of Packer Report, uh, the scout site that's dedicated to watching or to uh, covering the Packers. And, you know, I, you know that, that probably spells the end of Matt Flynn in yeah. Green Bay. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, they're putting their stock into Scott. Uh, you're looking at the fact that it is a one-year deal, so it's a, a prove-it-to-me deal. I'm sure they'll look in the later rounds for a, a quarterback to develop. Uh, you know, I, you know, right off the top of my head, maybe Sims from Blake Sims from Alabama. You see what Mike McCarthy can do with with projects and quarterbacks and how they can improve on there. You're probably looking at the guy there down there to compete for a third quarterback spot, uh, but that shows trust in McCarthy into Tolzien. Uh, and you know, Matt Flynn did do a lot, but we'll see uh, what what comes of it really. Uh, and Tolzien's gonna have to prove himself now. Now in his third, he's going into his third season as as a backup quarterback for the Packers. Sure. Let's talk about some of the other puzzling trades. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what Chip Kelly's doing. Um, the McCoy thing was, was maybe a wash because then they thought they were going to get Gore, but then they didn't get Gore. I, I'm not understanding, though, why you're going to try to swap Fold for Bradford. No, there, there's some I rumors think, out there. I mean, you're looking at the fact that, you know, there's some people are, there are a couple of reports about Twitter saying, you know, some analysts saying it could be part of a three-team trade down the road. There's a third party involved. Uh, I mean, honestly, I take Foles' upside over Bradford right now, especially with Bradford's injury history. But well, yeah, yeah, big injury. Yeah, so it's uh, we'll see and how he flourishes. I mean, what happens with everyone talking about Philadelphia wanting Marcus Mariota? Obviously, the Oregon t- connection uh, with Chip Kelly and, and wanting a player that you know he he recruited and whatnot. So, I mean, maybe, you know, but will that actually happen? Who knows? Uh, but it's a really, yeah, it's really interesting. And Frank Gore, you know, going to Indianapolis now and initially talking to going to the Eagles, but now it looks like he's going to the Colts. It's, I mean, this is a, it's been a crazy day, Scotty. It's been a very crazy day on that front. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it's it's one of the, I mean, it's probably been the busiest because normally you don't see the trade. You know, so you see the action with the guys getting picked, but you don't see the trades. Other things that happened after our last show, but before today, Brandon Marshall got traded. Um, you know, he is now uh, Andre Johnson got released, and he wanted to be a Packer, but we all knew that the Packers weren't going to go in on Andre Johnson. And, and this is where you got to be smart. Do I think Andre Johnson could be a great third receiver? Absolutely. But he wants to be paid like a 2 or a 1A and the, the pack, there's only so much money under the cap. This is what fans don't understand. So do you want to give Andre Johnson $7 million when you could use that to sign a cornerback or you could use that to sign Bulaga? Like, it, people it, people have to think, this isn't fantasy football. You can just draft, oh, I want him, I want him, I want him. There's a cost that comes with that. So 
Andre Johnson's release, he could end up a Patriot. There's some talk about some other. Uh, Tory Smith is a San Francisco 49er now. But I think Johnson and some of these other guys would have been in play if Cobb didn't resign. But you got Cobb. Uh, you got Adams, who they really like. Who knows what you have yet with Aberderis. They could still draft the receiver. I think that's that's not a position of need. And I think that's where you got to be smart when you, when you decide to spend money on free agents. Right. Yeah, you have to. Uh, there are reports, too. It looks like I know Rob Domofsky from ESPN uh, and uh, a couple other sources as well. A couple other uh, media reports have stated that Jared Boykin's actually uh, visiting the Panthers tonight. Uh, and okay. so that'll be – I mean, granted, he did not play well, uh, that well at all uh, in 2014. Got replaced by then-rookie Devontae Adams. So looks like they'll probably let him explore if they didn't tender him an offer earlier today. Uh, so you have that. So, But, yeah, I guess I, I think that maybe they go like, you know, they can pick out a, a mid-round wide receiver right now. Uh, if it, You know, you have Nelson, you have Cobb. But then you have you know Devontae Adams who you know could continue to to break through and like you mentioned you have Janice and Aberderis that are kind of the uh, Aberderis coming off that ACL injury and you have Janice who spent you know Division two player then finally getting himself uh, you know learning the, the NFL ways in his rookie year so uh, you know I, I think it's a stacked position and so now the next thing you know is uh, you know I mean the biggest areas in my opinion for the Packers are. Right now you're looking at linebacker uh, on the inside, and you're also looking at pretty much the, the fact of, you know, cornerback, depending upon house and if Tremont Williams does leave. But, I'm uh, you know, but then again, you know, everyone preaches, you know, intent, and, you know, some people don't want to preach intent, I trust, but you have to trust in what he's doing. There's been maybe only one free agent that's gone that's really bit, bit them in the button. I would say that would be Colin Jenkins. Uh, you know, uh, back back after the Super Bowl season. So I haven't. I don't. Know, I trust what what Ted's doing overall on that. Sure. And you know, the other thing we talked about is I got I got into a huge discussion with a friend who really thinks you know they can't wait for Schneider to be available because you know he's got the out clause yada yada yada. He's different different style. Um. Definitely a guy who you know likes to go out there and get um, get the free agent market, bring in tons of players, head built from the bend. Maybe the right answer is somewhere in between the both of them. But the bottom line is, you know, you can't you can't be mad at what Ted has done. And yeah, Schneider, sure he'd be fine. You know, he'd be a different style. But you know, um, I'm I've been you know I've been happy with Ted Thompson. I've been critical of him when he needed to be. Like I thought his Last two drafts prior to this one weren't great, other than late. You know, there were some misses, more misses than normal in there. But again, things, he, he kept the passes consistent. When you can sit there, people will they say that. Say, well, because of Aaron Rodgers. Well, okay, fine. Because of Aaron Rodgers. Who drafted Aaron Rodgers? Who had the foresight to do that? So, right. Right. I don't know. Yeah, uh, a couple other notes uh, for former Badgers that uh, got signed or that uh, are joining new teams. You're looking up Jonathan Casillas, who was with the Buccaneers and the Patriots last year, a Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, signed a three-year, ten and a half million dollar contract with the New York Giants. Uh, reporting, uh, uh, you know, Adam Kaplan, and uh, was reported on by Dan Graziano from ESPN.com. 
So uh, he's going to that. But also, Owen Daniels joins the Denver Broncos, which yeah, after nice they lost them. Julius Thomas, which I think is going to be a good. I think it's going to be worked out well for Owen Daniels. Well, how can it not? I mean, he's got uh, he's got Peyton Manning throwing the ball to him. I think I think he'll be happy with that. Now, will he have him for all three years? Don't know. But this year, he certainly has a has one of the best ever. So. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, speaking of that, I mean, Julius Thomas going going to Jacksonville, apparently. Uh, it's, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with these. I mean, I'm still intrigued by what they're doing with, with their their cap space, and we alluded to it earlier about maybe overspending. But we have Julius Thomas who, really, you know, obviously, what was it, 24 touchdowns in the past two seasons for, for Denver. We'll see how it translates between, like, you know, Blake Bortles and, uh, a team like the Jaguars that are young, you know, can they put those weapons around Bortles and have them improve in, in year two? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's funny, too, because uh, you talked about Bortles and whether he'll improve, but it, it got me thinking of another another Badger who isn't a free agent, but a lot of turmoil, a lot of turnover this week in San Francisco, Willis and Smith retiring, and there was some talk about Kaepernick being on the trade block, but as long as he heals 100%, it looks like full steam ahead for Borland as he's going to take over that starting role in San Francisco and get a chance. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that, that, that was huge news. And it's just Patrick Willis, you know, you know, you know, reportedly retiring. And then, yeah, like I said, Justin Smith no longer being there. I mean, that they're getting a remake on that on that defensive line, or the defense in general, I should say. And Borland, you know, and how many games racked up about over 100 tackles. Uh, and so they obviously trust him, a third-round draft pick, last season, uh, and in, in flourish for the most part was around the ball a lot for the 49ers. And uh, you know, obviously he was picked apart by by Manning uh, in that Sunday night football game. But you're looking at the fact that I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it's full steam ahead, like you said, for Borland. Uh, and you know, honestly, the NFC West, you know, we talked about it a little bit, just with you know Jimmy Graham going to the Eagle, or not to the Eagles, to the Seahawks. And, and, I mean, the NFC West is starting to get a little stacked, you know, you have, with, with the fact that now the Seahawks have a very viable weapon. Not, not saying Luke Wilson wasn't for Pete Carroll's bunch and for Russell Wilson last year, but now you got Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, a pro bowler each year, now having a target, you know, you gave Russell Wilson a huge target. We'll see how that offense expands, especially since they re-signed Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, no, you're right, but here's the thing. I, I think they lose something with, by, by trading Unger away. Now, I, do I still think Seattle might be the team to beat? Yeah, I'm not saying they're not. But here's what here's what the difference could be. So Arizona got better. St. Louis, I don't know if they got better. They got better with Foles, but they let Long go. But Arizona added some players. So the division could be getting tougher for Seattle. And what I'm saying by that is, do I think that they're still going to win a lot of games? Sure. But they might not be 12-4. and four. They might be 10-6, and six, and they might have to go on the road in a championship game against Green Bay or Dallas or whoever. So I, I, I can't anoint them the, the, the clear-cut favorite. they got a slight edge. They're there with the Packers and the Cowboys and, you know, whatever other – Arizona might take that next step up with some of the players they're adding. But while Graham is a good pick and it makes sense that they did it, it's not a guarantee to anything because, again, it's a new dynamic, it's a new system. Uh, he's not going to be featured as the main guy, which 
who knows how that'll set with him. I, you know, everybody talks about how, oh, yeah, Pete Carroll's all inclusionary and, and all this and that, but didn't, didn't he have problems with Golden Tate and didn't he have problems with Percy Harvin? I mean, my point is, you know, nothing's a guarantee. You know, and then, of course, injuries play a part, and it's going to have to be, you know, same with the Packers. Can they be as healthy? They're as healthy this year as they've been in in years. So that's a lot to ask for them to do that again because we know about the injury history in Green Bay. So I guess I, the long story short to all that I'm trying to say is that's why they play the games, I guess. And we'll see how the draft goes, too, and who drafts well. And, and you know, now the Packers have two big needs, inside linebacker and likely cornerback. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And obviously – it's only day one, you know, day one truly of a free agency. You know, you've heard these reports leak, obviously, but you look at the fact that the way this uh, is going, you know, we'll we'll definitely keep everything, uh, keep you guys in tuned, and you know, next, when we talk next time, I'm sure there'll be no, more news, uh, obviously, and what happens, and and you know, talk, speaking of the draft, I'll be down at Pro Day for the Badgers tomorrow, watching Wells and Gordon, Rob Havenstein, two of the Badgers that are expected to be drafted at least uh, next month in the NFL draft. Uh, they'll be there. You're looking at also Warren Herring, who I've had a chance to talk with new, uh, a couple times, uh, and and a, and a slew of other former Badgers like Kenzel Doe, uh, Jeff Lewis, who actually transferred to. Illinois State, uh, you know, and, and and several others. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, you know, it, it's always like Ben alluded to. It's the most wonderful time of the year there. Uh, guys trying to scramble, trying to uh, clock players' forties with their, you know, with with their stopwatches on their phones. Doesn't necessarily. It's not that scientific, obviously. Uh, but uh, they have that. But also to note too, I mean, you have uh, Peniel Jean, who's a safety. Uh, Dallas yeah. Wallen, who's an offensive lineman. Jake Pedersen, actually, uh, who we've talked with in the past. Uh, we had him on last uh, last season, who wasn't went undrafted, but he had the uh, went, was in camp with the Atlanta Falcons. He uh, he's coming back to to do some testing, but also three uh, Division three players. Uh, Jake Kumaro out of UW Whitewater, former Illinois walk on, Hannibal Warhawk, and Matt Barrett, uh, quarterback who. Through for 3,600 yards and 42 touchdowns, and then Thurgood Dennis out of UW Claire, cornerback, had 10 pass breakups in 2014. So we'll see if those guys catch on. Kumaro, uh, a lot of people said could be like the most D3 ready wide receiver in, in, in quite a while, and had 14 touchdown passes for for the Warhawks this year. So we'll see uh, how they yeah. perform as well. But uh, you know, it'll it'll be fun, to, and we'll have some audio for next week's show uh, with uh, with some of the players and how they felt they did. So uh, sure. good times, good memories, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Well, you can remember it all you want. Um, but I will tell you this. Uh, we talked about draft statuses and and uh, Badger football players where they're going to be drafted. I was looking at a mock draft today, an uh, NBA mock draft, and the la- latest mock draft I saw had two Wisconsin Badgers being drafted in the first round, Frank Kamitz, Kaminsky going 16th and Sam Decker going 25th. So even though they said in that article that even though Decker might not have had the explosive scoring year, they also realized the team concept game that he's part of, and um, they still think he's got NBA first-round, late first-round talent. So it's funny because we can't really even talk about the NBA draft until we get through the NCAA tournament, and you mentioned how 
we're on the cusp of the Big Ten tournament, but don't get too excited, Badger fans, because the Badgers don't play till Friday. And they'll play either Purdue or the winner of game one tomorrow. So they don't know who their opponent is yet. It should be somebody they should be able to get by and get into the the semifinals. But uh, I like their road. I think, you know, the tougher bracket is the lower half. But, you know, Iowa's somewhere in there with the the Badgers, likely a, a semifinal opponent. So they still have to play well. But... We could see them match up against Michigan State, Maryland, or Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship on Sunday. Absolutely. And you look at the fact, right now, uh, they would play at 11 o'clock on Friday is their first game. Uh, obviously, I have a meeting going on there in that time, so I will not be able to watch, sadly, uh, But uh, at the day job. But, yeah, they right now you look at the fact that they'll play whoever wins out of the Michigan-Illinois game, which is on Thursday. Uh, and then you mentioned Purdue. You're looking at the fact that they'll face – it's going to be either Penn State, Nebraska, Iowa, or Purdue. Could very well be either Purdue or Iowa. And, and you know, Iowa gave Wisconsin some troubles here and there during the year. Obviously, Wisconsin beat them both times. Uh, but it was at times a decent matchup. Uh, hopefully, Adam Woodbury does not poke anybody in the eye again. Uh, so we'll see about that. But you did mention the bottom half of that Big Ten tournament. You're looking at Maryland, Michigan State. You know, it's obviously Michigan State – Came back a little bit against uh, the Badgers, made it a seven-point loss at the uh, at the uh, Kohl Center just a week ago, a week or two ago, and uh, you know I, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And Ohio State's always dangerous dangerous with D'Angelo Russell, and obviously Ohio State will take on either Rutgers or Minnesota uh, on Thursday, and we'll see who really you know. Obviously, I think Ohio State will move on uh, compared to facing a, a Rutgers team in, a, in Minnesota. Yeah, uh, yeah But yeah. it should, should be a good matchup there. And, and you know, I mean, look, look, anybody can beat anybody. I, I know that. Um, but I kind of look, if I were forecasting this thing, I'd see a Badger-Maryland final. Maryland is a team that, that beat the Badgers and beat them pretty solidly. So um, who knows? It, it'll be it'll be an interesting rematch. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you, you hit it on the head there, Scotty, with that and the fact that Maryland, I mean, it was a 59-53 victory. It was at Maryland's home court. What happens this time around? I mean, and, you know, and they're not going to get Trayvon Jackson back. There are reports, Jim Polzine from the Wisconsin State Journal, Jeff Rodriguez, all noted from a UW official, uh, Polzine did in his tweet saying that Jackson is, will not be cleared to play during the Big Ten tournament. However, he should be able to begin practicing on Monday. What does that mean in terms of obviously that next you know that next week is March Madness, and we'll break that all down next Sunday talking about uh, the Badgers seeding and whatnot. But you know you. They wanted Jackson back earlier. You know, you wanted him back for the Big Ten tournament, so at least he could get some playing time, get his feet underneath them, get the knock the rust off. It still very much, much and very much could happen in there. You know, the first and second round games. The first round game will be very interesting to see. You know, I mean, it will. You know, if he is cleared to play Monday, will he actually suit up for the first and second round games uh, next? You know, not this weekend, but next weekend. But, you know, I mean, that's the biggest thing with the Badgers, too, Scotty. I mean, I don't know. In your opinion, I mean, and I'll, you know, I guess I'll start off with this. Like, I think their depth's a concern. You know, you saw Duye Dukan get seven points, but a lot of that is kind of front-ended in that first half where he shot decent, but the second half kind of fell apart a little bit. 
But then, yeah, you know, uh, they're kind of the penetration having, you know, you mentioned Maryland winning pretty convincingly. Des Wells, uh, Mello Tremble, you have these guys that are, you know, that can drive, especially Wells, drive into the hole. Uh, you saw it against Duke, just having sharpshooters, the dribble drive penetration. Uh, what do you see out of the Badgers that, that, that could really, you know, halt them, not just in this tournament, but next weekend? Well, that's the bigger picture, because this tournament really only matters for seeding. They're gonna, if they win it, they could be a one seed. If they don't, they'll probably be a two seed. So, really, that's the only difference is, you know, so the, the bigger question is what could limit them? You hit it right on the head. They're deaf. You know, if you get one of your stars in, in foul trouble, be it Deck or be it, God forbid, Kaminsky, you're in trouble. So yeah. it really does come down to, you know, having to play the way they've played all year, but it's so tenuous because, you know, all it takes is an injury or foul trouble or something like that to take you out of the game. But if they can do that, they'll have to do it six times, obviously, to win a championship once yeah. they get into the tournament. They have to play six games where they, they don't make mistakes and they don't get in foul trouble and they don't need to use their bench because if they do that early and they have to rely on a lot of minutes from the, from their bench players, not that they're not good, but they're not the caliber of some of the teams they're going to face, especially from the Sweet 16 out. Yeah, yeah. And so it's uh, you're looking at the fact uh, with the way this team's played. I mean, and, you know, they may need, you know, I know Bronson Kings had kind of had a, not hit a rough spot. He, he rough spot. He he played well against Ohio State. Had 15 points against the Buckeyes at Value City Arena. But you also had the fact that before that, the previous three games, including the Maryland game, this is a guy that usually was between three to four to one in terms of assist to turnover ratio. He was at a one to one assist to turnover ratio. Granted, they they won except for the game in Maryland. But you know you want to see a little bit better. Uh, assist the turnover ratio there from Koenig because he's a passer, and it's it's one thing that it's the difference between Jackson and Koenig is the fact that Koenig, you know Jackson will take more shots uh, when he feels like it's right. He'll drive to the hole a little bit. Koenig's known as a passer, uh, and he's also a kind of a, a shooter from long distance, but he doesn't necessarily drive. But he dishes out to to, to Kaminsky to Decker. Uh, you've seen it to Hayes. So we'll we'll see what happens with with Koenig there, uh, but yeah, like to, some some news just to you know FYI everyone talked about Frank Kaminsky, Big Ten Player of the Year, Bo Ryan, Coach of the Year uh, by the coaches, uh, and Tergeron from Maryland was by the media uh, for Big Ten Coach of the Year, so he shares honors there. You had Sam Decker being uh, you know unanimous second team, uh, All Big Ten. Nigel Hayes third third team. Josh Coster named to the All Defensive Team. No love for Kenny, even though he played very well as a starter. Uh, but obviously, he's got some big things coming next year uh, when he helps lead this team. And uh, you know, uh, I guess my question to you, Scotty, uh, you know, for for Kaminsky, uh, in your opinion, I was asked this today on 95.3 WSCO up with our buddy Marcus Fass up in Appleton. He asked me, "Is Frank Kaminsky the Player of the Year, the Naismith Player of the Year, you know, on the wooden watch?" Is, is you know? Do you think he's going to win those awards, and do you think he's deserving? I think he's definitely in the conversation. I mean, you know, there's two, there's three players, and one of them who could win it, and it wouldn't be a tragedy. I think. I don't believe it has it been. I don't think it's, it's been voted on yet. It doesn't not happen like during the conference tournaments, right? So. Um, I believe so. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so, I mean, he can actually, you know, help himself or hurt his cause this weekend. You know, even though he's only going to play three games at the most because they get the double bye, um, he, he's got a real opportunity to uh, to help his cause, you know, and, and solidify, uh, solidify all of that uh, phrase. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it was a good show. I mean, he showed up on senior day last Sunday against Michigan State, scoring 31 points, 8 rebounds. And then again, again on CBS, 20 points, 5 rebounds against the Buckeyes in their victory. And played well against Minnesota as well. Uh, you know, I made the joke that, I mean, he's got that spin move and the versatility. He had so many spins against Minnesota. There was a tornado watch in June, uh, in March, I should say. Uh, we'll see how he, uh, you know, and, you know, we'll see what bag of tricks he has going forward as well, uh, going forward this tournament and, and beyond. Uh, so, yeah. So, no, it'll be fun to watch. And, like I said, we'll, we'll highlight the Badgers tournament uh, and, the, you know, the Big Ten tournament uh, this weekend. We'll also talk, obviously, March Madness. Uh, here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza, but also on Bucky's fifth quarter while we'll a round table up after the selection Sunday talking about, uh, you know, seedings. Could they face Kentucky? Is it a bad thing that they, if they face Kentucky? Uh, and we'll see what goes down there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, get to, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. We are about seven minutes away from the Beer City Bruiser from Ring of Honor getting to us, uh, you know, talking some Ring of Honor going on going up this Friday, the 13th, 7.30 p.m. at Turner Hall. And uh, we'll talk more with him in just a little bit. But, Scotty, how's your week been, by the way? Um, it's, it's been fine enough. Um, it's nice to have nice weather. Um, it's supposed to be in the 40s and 50s all week, all the way through St. Patrick's Day. So, nice to see some of the snow melt. It's you know it's always kind of a bittersweet thing though because I like when the snow melts, but what I don't like is the ugly brackishness that comes off. So you know it's it's like like it's uplifting and then yet it's not because then it's like oh boy look how dirty everything is. So um, yeah, no, I know that's one thing. My car, my car is just a mess right now from the salt and from the every. I mean, absolutely. Maybe, maybe, how's that thing? It's supposed to be, over here it's supposed to be near 60 uh, on Friday, I think 60s into Sunday and, and Monday. So we'll see how, we'll see how those, uh, you know, temperatures work out and what like, we can get done outside. But yeah, no, it's, it's that time of the year. I still got about a good, you know, uh, from all the plowing you know, and whatnot in my streets, we, we, we got a good mountain still in that front yard. I'm hoping that it'll, the temperatures will bring it down just a little bit. So it's, uh. It's a wonderful time of the year there. But uh, do you guys get street flooding by you guys? Are you guys? I mean, our streets like flood like crazy. Grand, we're on the bottom of a hill, uh, bottom of our cul-de-sac. But do you get a lot of a lot of rain down in your hill, down like you well, know, trickling never, down flooding? I never had that problem in my old place, and I haven't seen it yet here. But I just moved to West Dallas in January, so this, and I've lived in the same neighborhood for 43 years prior to this. So. Um, it'll be. I'm gonna learn a lot about my neighborhood. Let's put it that way, because I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what to expect, but so far, so good. Exactly. Ah, good to hear. Good to hear. Uh, and uh, yeah, other than that, uh, you know, we got about five minutes before the Beer City Bruiser comes on to talk with us about uh, the Ring of Honor. And uh, well, let me, you know, before, you know what? Before we get to Ring of Honor. Yeah. Uh, and we're, you know we're going to talk about this with with the Beer City Bruiser as well, but 
we've got, I've got a wrestling show that's going to be happening on May 17th in Richfield at the Chalet. I have more information about it. But it's near and dear to my heart because I used to be in one of my past lives. I have a lot of past lives. But I was a wrestling promoter myself and uh, my brother from another mother, Brian Chaos. We ran Rebels of Wrestling. And uh, one of our mainstays uh, passed away recently, uh, Diablo. And we're doing a reunion show because it's been 10 years since our last show. It will be the last show I ever promote. Um the last time Brian and Vic and, and Dean uh, ever wrestle again. Um, so it's, it's big. It's, it's very symbolic. But we're also going to be donating proceeds to Diablo, Jermaine's uh, family, who, you know, like I said, kind of died suddenly. I guess he had been sick, but nobody really knew. You know, he kept it pretty quiet. But um, we're really one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet. And I don't know if you ever had the privilege to meet him or hang with him, but... Um, just a great guy. So, anyway, so that's happening on May 17th. And Bruce Kitty Bruiser will be part of that for a couple of reasons. Number one, because he's a great guy. But number two, he is a original Rebels of Wrestling member. So, um, so we can talk more about that after we talk with him. After, of course, we talk about Ring of Honor, Bruce City Wrestling, and some of the other things we got going on uh, in yeah. the next couple of weeks. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, and just to, you know, for so for those that just are tuning in or just listening to us on from iTunes or or from Bucky's Fifth Quarter, uh, Scotty and I initially met. Scotty was my promoter back in the day, my first, the first promoter actually, back in when I was training. Scotty and I have a history of of uh, being, uh, you know, in in wrestling and professional wrestling, uh, in on the independent wrestling scene, and so. Uh, my first real, you know, qu- you know, true match, and I, as I quoted as, uh, was a match between, you know, uh, Scott and I, uh, along with our brother from another mother, uh, Chaos, taking on uh, the Beer City Bruiser, uh, El Vato, uh, you know, Jose Guerrero, and uh, you know, uh, Chris Black, and so, uh, you know, that was a, uh, you know, and, I mean, that was, that was kind of my christening into the business, and uh, and so uh, Scotty and I have known each other. Since then, Scott, that's been uh, it's almost ten years now, brother. Uh, that was yeah. 2004. So yeah, you're, it's you're, been over over ten years. Yeah, no, it has, and uh, you know, and just as a as something too, Scotty and I. I mean, Scott doesn't know this, I don't think, but I actually there in in Milwaukee, there's a place called Tex, you know, Texas uh, Victory Hall, and I know that place quite well. When I was a senior in high school in 2002. My physics teacher and I, he invited me out because a couple of his friends were wrestling fans, and they used to go to indie shows. Uh, we went to one of the Rebel shows at Texas Victory Hall. And so uh, I, I still remember, uh, and <laughs> I still remember this, uh, Peter B. Beautiful. Uh, he was one of the, I remember, I remember Scotty. Uh, but I also remember Peter P. Beautiful from that show uh, because uh, he wrestled on that show. And the only reason why I remember that is the pink uh, on, on his tights. Uh, so, uh, I mean, even before Scotty knew me, I mean, I, I knew about Rebels and, and, and watched you guys from afar. So, uh, you know, wrestling obviously goes back to being fans. My dad was a fan. I was a fan. Uh, but then I got you know, involved with uh, Scotty and Brian, and uh, it's, been, it's been a ride ever since. So it's, uh, this show is going to be a lot of fun. And we're gonna have you know a lot of fun with uh, with that, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to to make it down out over there. Yeah, I'm hoping you'll be there. I mean, it's closer to your house. I get, well, I don't know. I don't know how close. You're way out in the middle of nowhere. 
<laughs> the farthest west side of Madison. Uh, yes, that's uh, yeah. No, it's uh, I know I've kind of moved like well, I was actually even farther away over in Middleton at one point, but now we're uh, but now I'm uh, here in Madison. You're still in, you know in the Milwaukee area. Uh, and it, it'll be a lot, of, you know. It's uh, but we still do the show. We have a lot of fun, and, and thank you guys again for tuning in. Just as an FYI, too, Scotty. I uh, don't know if you know this. We're nearing 120,000 listens total for for the Bucky's Fifth Quarter Radio Network for for uh, the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza, and uh, it's been pretty crazy, man. It's been a fun ride. Absolutely, it has. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting twists and turns. Some great, great guests. Great content. Um, so despite me being part of the network, he's been unable to kill it. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, we, uh, you know, and we talking about you talk about great guests. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We got the Beer City Bruiser on hold, talking about his big match against Mark Briscoe, the hometown hero, uh, facing Mark Briscoe coming up, Ring of Honor. This Friday, the 13th, at Turner Hall in Milwaukee at 7:30. We're gonna come right back with the Beer City Bruiser here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Welcome back. Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at Kielbasa Kings WI. Scotty at uh, Scott Wisnusk 2. Me at Jake Coco B5Q. Uh, and you can also find uh, our next guest. You can find him uh, at BCB Winchester. You have the Beer City Bruiser on the line. And, and uh, good having you on. And uh, pretty excited for this Friday night. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I'm real excited too. It's a it's a big step in my career. Now, now, Matt, we've known each other a long time, and and I know how driven you've been, and some of the great things you've had a chance to do over your your career, and uh, you know, obviously training with Harley Race and getting that experience. But not only have you been on Ring of Honor television, now you get to represent yourself at Ring of Honor in your hometown. How excited are you about this Friday night? Oh, I'm real excited um, to wrestle in front of my hometown, you know, and not only just from Ring of Honor, one of the best companies in wrestling, but against one of the true legends of Ring of Honor, um, Mark Briscoe. Um, 
it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, he's been there since day one, so I'm going to have to show him why I deserve to be there. You know, you look at your career, and uh, you want to briefly, you know, give everybody a synopsis of how you started and, and what you've been through, but also some of the injuries you've suffered and how hard you worked to come back and, and to be where you are now. Um, give give our listeners a little insight about uh, where you come from and how you started this thing. All right. Well, uh, 15 years ago, um, man, it's been that long already, uh, <laughs> I went to a fantasy camp at uh, Hog Alley in Delafield, Wisconsin. It was run by a guy named Trevor Adana. And uh, my fantasy camp just showed you know, like what the what it you know what it's like to be a ref. It's a little taste. Uh, it was only supposed to be an hour and a half long, and it ended up being four hours. I was there. So once I got in the ring, I was hooked. Um, he hooked me up with a guy who showed me how to, to put together matches and whatnot. And then I just started traveling, and I wrestled everywhere. Um, when I first started in this business. I wrestled anywhere that would put me on their show. You know, as long as I was in front of somebody wrestling, perfecting my craft, uh, I, I was there, you know. Um, Scott, I met you through wrestling. You know, I wrestled for you a couple times. Um, and I traveled everywhere. Um, then about five years in, uh, I did a camp for Harley Race down in Missouri. And I won what's called his scholarship, where you win – uh, free admission to his school and I was invited to come down so I decided to move down there and I lived down there for about four or five years uh, just wrestling every single day training under Harley uh, I wrestled for the WWE I wrestled for TNA um, it was basically my life um, I moved back to Wisconsin after that to uh, come back closer to my family and my career really took off um, I've been wrestling nationally now ever since I got back home. Um, I tore my tricep on my left arm completely off the bone um, and had to have surgery. Ouch. Yeah, they uh, they thought that would possibly be the end of my career. And uh, I was supposed to be out for a year, and I told them that I'd be back in a couple months. And uh, from the time of surgery to the time I made me return was only six months. So... I just dedicated myself to rehabbing the arm, and then once the arm was clear, just getting back in the ring shape and wrestling again. And I, my train never slowed down. I mean, I thought it would. I thought if you're out of sight, out of mind. But everybody still wanted me on their shows. Um, then uh, December of last year, I ended up tearing my ACL and uh, having to have uh, reconstructive surgery on that. And I was out for three months with that. And uh, I came back in time for the Ring of Honor tryout camp, and I did that, and I stole the show there, and now I'm where I'm at today. Well, you worked very hard to get there, but um, and you and you talked about it. You're nationwide. You're all over the place. But you have a home company here in your your hometown in Milwaukee, and they have a show. You talk about a busy schedule. You wrestle every weekend, but you've got Ring of Honor this week at your hometown, and then a week later on the 20th. You're back here in West Dallas at the Knights of Columbus for Bruce City Wrestling and the schedule. Talk a little bit about that company and your experience with them, and then a little bit about your schedule and, and let people know how demanding your, your schedule is on the weekend. Uh, my schedule uh, with, with Bruce City is great. I've, I've known Frankie DeFalco, the owner of Bruce City Wrestling, uh, since Bruce City was in, you know, incepted. Um, he's a great promoter. Like He gets what it is to be a promoter. 
he goes out and he promotes these shows. He gets sponsors for the shows. He makes sure that people hear about it, whether it be through social media, commercials, radio, uh, word of mouth. You know, he, if you've ever met Frankie, he's always trying to promote his next show. Um, and, and it's a blast. Uh, the summertime really picks up for Bruce City. Um, not only do we have the Knights of Columbus shows every month, but we also have our fair shows. Um, we've been doing the state fair now. I think this will be our fifth year there, fourth year there. Um, and we do uh, local festivals and stuff like that. Um, so our summertime with Bruce City is, is pretty much every weekend um and mainly like friday saturday sunday a lot of wednesdays and thursdays for some reason this year too with a lot of the fairs which you know what i don't care i love it um my regular schedule though when i'm not wrestling for bruce city i mean i get up uh i'm i usually leave the depending where i gotta go if it's for ring of honor i usually have to leave on a thursday night um fly out to wherever i gotta be friday we usually have a show and saturday i have a show uh, then Sunday's usually travel time so that I can come back. Um, Mondays I usually take off and don't do anything. And then Tuesday, oh, like on Friday, I'm in the gym just trying to keep in shape. Um, but that's every weekend for me. Every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm on the road. Um, and I wrestle. I love when I get to do it here in my hometown because it's less travel. Um, but, you know, I've been... <laughs> Lately, I've been doing a lot down in uh, northern Illinois and way up in Green Bay. So that's been a lot of fun. I'm making my return to Missouri at the end of the month uh, in March. Uh, it'll be my first time there in four years. So I'm real excited for that. <clears throat> yeah, definitely a grueling schedule and a very supportive family and, and a lovely wife that has to love it as much or almost as much as you do to be able to to stand you being away as much as you can. I know she makes the road trips when she can, but been very supportive. You've got a great uh, base of, of family and friends and people in the business that, that you've looked out for and they've looked out for you, and I think that makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah, my wife is a saint. Um, I think all wrestler wives are saints. You know, they got to put up with us being bruised and beaten up. Um, she's been there for me, you know, um, through all my tough injuries. When I feel like I'm down and, and dealt myself, she's always there to pick me up, you know, and, and I think that's why a part of the reason I've been so successful is because she believes in me as much as I believe in myself. Um, I have the greatest friend base. I mean, everyone that I consider one of my friends has always supported me. You know, um, when I was questioning doing the Ring of Honor tryout and stuff, oh, you know, I've been in the business so long, you know, 14 years. You're not going to look at a guy like me. I'm too old. I'm too fat. And everyone I talked to said, no, go do it. Go do it. You know, and I... I made this trip with Stacey Shadows, and uh, the whole time we were there, she was in my ear like, you're killing it, you're killing it, you're doing a great job, you're killing it, you know, and it, it just felt so good. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today without the support that I have. Here we're here with Jake, the beer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we're with the, the Beer City Bruiser, obviously, and we know him quite well. And, you know, talk to us about, about the uh, the date on Friday, obviously, Big show, and, and there's always good crowds for, for Ring of Honor in Milwaukee. Uh, I know there are people from here, from Madison, even that uh, a couple of good friends of mine that, that head down just, just for these shows uh, because of the great wrestling that you guys you guys do. Uh, talk to us about the you know, it's, it's Friday the 13th. It's at 730. It's at Turner Hall. 
Uh, talk to us about, I mean, you talked about, you know, proving to Mark Briscoe that you belong. Talk to us about the match uh, and, and what else is going on down there Friday night. Well, I'll flat out say it. Ring of Honor Wrestling is the best wrestling on TV right now. Um, if you are a true wrestling fan and you want to see some guys busting their butts to put on a good product, Ring of Honor Wrestling is where it's at. Um, this Friday is not only my debut um, for Ring of Honor in my hometown, but the return of Silas Young. Um, he's the last real man. You know, he's from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, coming off injury. Uh, they've already announced him. Um, Tommaso Ciampa will be there, who just recently moved to Milwaukee. Um, it, it's going to be a blast. Like, my my experience with Ring of Honor has it's been so surreal. Um, the locker room is one of the best locker rooms I've ever been in. Uh, every guy there is welcoming. They all want to make the product better. They all do it to entertain the fans, you know, and it's proven to work well because every show I've been on has been a sellout. Um, my first round tournament match was in the, the Nashville Fairgrounds where TNA used to run. Um, so it was really cool to wrestle there. And uh, it was standing room only. Um, my second round tournament was against Will Ferreira, one of their um, young up-and-comers. And uh, it was at the ECW Arena, um, now called the 2300 Arena. And they were turning people away at the door, you know. Um, my wife got spoiled because she went with me my second time to Philly and got to see Ring of Honor live. And now when she watches wrestling, she holds it at that standard because it was such a good show, you know. So anybody coming to Turner Hall this this Friday, be ready. I mean, it's going to be the best wrestling you've ever seen, you know, top to bottom. Great, great show. Samoa Joe will be there. He's coming off TV. Um, i trying to think, uh, Michael Elgin will be there. He's a new up and coming, you know, he's been in the, in the company for a while, former world champion. Uh, Jay Lethal, their TV champion will be there. And, uh, him and Jay Briscoe are tagging against Red Dragon, their tag team champions who just got off a tour of Japan. So it'll be a fun time. Yeah. And a great atmosphere for anybody, wrestling fans who have never experienced Ring of Honor either on TV, but especially in person, because TV is great. You can feel a little bit, but when you're there live, that crowd just tears up. So that's going to be a great show. Looking forward to seeing you in action. I'm looking forward to seeing you on the 20th and a couple times in April for uh, Bruce City Wrestling. And I'm looking forward to May 17th, my brother. You're going to be helping me out at a, at a charity show, reunion show. And I'm working on the main event, and you're in it. Um, oh, i got two other people. It's supposed to be a triple threat. So um, I can't say who I'm working on yet because I haven't booked them yet, but they're guys you know very well. Um, one of them may or may not even be in the locker room on Friday. But that's all I'm saying. It should be, <laughs> it, it should be a, a great time and a great show. So, oh, um, the Rebels, the Rebels of Wrestling shows are always fun. I, I'm very happy that I got to cut my teeth there because that was another company where the guys just wanted to go out and put on the best product they could, you know. And it shows. You know, if you're in a locker room where everyone thinks it's a job, it's not a fun place to be and you get miserable, but, Places like Bruce City, Ring of Honor, the Rebels locker room, uh, WPW up in Green Bay, it's it's, it's fun. It's, it, you're hanging out, you're getting paid, but you're you're having fun while you do it. And that makes a world of difference on the shows. Absolutely. And I, and the one thing I can promise about the 17th is it won't be a four-hour show. So that's, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's good. good news. Yeah. So, But I, I certainly I appreciate the time and, I know you got you know got very little free time during the week, and I appreciate that you took 15 minutes to to, to chat with us and kill it on Friday, my brother. I know you will. Oh, I'll be there. I, uh, Mark Briscoe better be ready because I'm bringing uh, everything I got. 
Awesome. That was the you know we have the Beer City Bruiser with us. We're gonna take one quick break. Make sure you guys follow him by the way on Twitter at BCB Winchester. Uh, and like I said, go to ROHWrestling.com for for tickets. Uh, and, and it's gonna be a great show. Uh, we've known the Beer City Bruiser for ye- you know for years. Uh, he's gonna tear it down, uh, and he's gonna have the hometown support. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. We're gonna take one quick break. Come back. Uh, Take it home from here, uh, here on the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Everybody, welcome back. Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza just got done talking to the Beer City Bruiser. And make sure, like I said, once again, we're, we're pubbing this. Uh, we're pubbing some wrestling shows. Uh, you know, Scotty's promoting his Rebels of Wrestling show uh, in this May. Uh, there's some shows, obviously, for Brew City Wrestling in April. But uh, this Friday, March 13th, 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at the Turner Hall Ballroom, watch the Beer City Bruiser take on ROH legend Mark Briscoe. You're going to see also the return of the last uh, last real man in wrestling. you got Silas Young. You have a guy that I've watched for years. I had a training session with him when I was involved with wrestling, Samoa Joe, uh, coming back uh, to ROH, taking on ACH. Uh, and you have a bunch of other guys. Matt Seidel, who is Matt, Bo- uh, you know, uh, who is, uh, Matt Bourne in, uh, in uh, whatchamacallit, WWE. There's so much talent, Scotty, in this show. It's, it's, it's yeah, insane. Yeah, you better hurry. I know tickets are very limited. I'm very, I mean, close to 99% sold out. So if you want to see it, jump on it. Uh, also, they'll be in Chicago on Saturday. And if you want to see uh, the Beer City Bruiser next week, Friday, if you don't get to Ring of Honor because they're sold out, West Dallas Knights of Columbus on 92nd Street on the 20th, you can certainly see him there as well. Okay, so as we head into the last stretch here, do you have you mentioned something during the break about a dupe of the week? Do you have one? No, actually, no, I don't. I was wondering if you did uh, at all. I'm, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty tame on that for this week. I've I've been kind of maxed out. I'm just happy that my twins are sleeping for six hours right now. We got Logan and Samuel right now. A little, little cranky earlier. Now they're sleeping on there. Hopefully they'll uh, get about uh, hopefully six, you know six consecutive hours of sleep. Uh, I will be a happy, happy camper. What about you? Um, I don't have a, a dupe of the week either uh, this week. Uh, it's been, it's you know, a lot of good things going on, a lot of busy time. You know, I haven't had time to dwell on all the, all the necessarily bad. Uh, you know, I suppose if it, it's really even a dupe of the week. Um, but because the Oklahoma football team protested it, there is a little sports side, but the fraternity in Oklahoma – uh, that had the racist video, and now they've gotten decommissioned and kicked out of their house and probably should have been kicked out of school, but that's a whole other story. We'll make them the dupe of the week, and uh, it's a shame that there's still ignorance in this world, but why we have to keep fighting against it, right? You betcha, yeah. yeah it's, uh, I think they actually announced, I saw in some report via Twitter that two of the students were expelled. 
and 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 rightfully so. So we'll we'll see what the rest of the fallout from that. But n- nice show of solidarity from the Oklahoma football team to you know skip football practice to to protest, including Bob Stoops, head coach, on that. Uh, so so hopefully they can they can turn this negative into a positive, and hopefully uh, there there can be you know obviously those that were that <laughs> that did this stupid thing are punished for for what happened, and and everyone can learn and grow from it. So. Uh, on uh, on that note, uh, like I said, we just want to thank our friend Matt, well, you know, uh, the Beer City Bruiser, Ring of Honor. Make sure you guys go to ROHWrestling.com for tickets. One more time, Friday, March 13th, this Friday, 7.30 p.m. He's going to be in action against Mark Briscoe. Check it out. Check out Silas Young, another one of our friends from from uh, from wrestling around the Wisconsin indie area. Uh, these guys yeah. are top top notch performance, top notch performers. Great guys, great wrestling. Make sure you check it out. Samoa Joe's going to be there. Uh, will he be? Yeah, who knows where where uh, Samoa Joe will be uh, in a few months' time as well. Uh, so you have great talent there. Uh, and just uh, we'll come back Sunday, hopefully. We'll come back with some March Madness talking about where the Badgers are seated, obviously. We'll play some audio from Pro Day, from Wisconsin's Pro Day, uh, about what Melvin Gordon did. Robbie Haven signed it. He improved some of his stats from the combine. Do they really matter? Uh, and see a bunch of other former Badgers uh, as well. So we'll, we'll have a bunch of talk there, some some, some baseball coming up soon. Uh, we still need to do our WrestleMania podcast uh, one of these days. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun. Uh, coming sounds, forward, this is, a, this is a great time of the year. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm out of here for now. Uh, by the way, if you don't get enough wrestling at Ring of Honor uh, at Okanam at uh, Ozaki Middle School on Saturday at seven o'clock, there's a benefit wrestling show. Uh, fight, and all the proceeds go to uh, the Cancer Foundation, and as we try to prevent that evil, evil disease, has. Uh, claim many many loved ones so uh that's all i got man i gotta i'm gonna let you fly here and uh hopefully we'll talk again uh this weekend excellent yep uh, yep you guys have a great week uh make sure you guys check in with the men in red show this week jesse temple will help them discuss uh some badgers basketball big 10 tournament stuff as well so make sure you guys check out john and drew uh and it'll be a lot of fun so you guys take care of Bachenya. Accordion solo, American Polka, played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Records. <laughs>